0: We're doing a series on righteousness. We've looked at the gift of righteousness. We've looked at the force of righteousness. And we're still talking about the effects of righteousness. And sooner or later, we're going to get into the fruits of righteousness. But I'm not quite done in my heart yet on some things we started to talk about last week. We discovered this in Isaiah 32:17 that one of the effects of righteousness is quietness and assurance and confident trust forever. So we equated then, when we're walking in quietness, when we're walking in that place of the effect of righteousness, we're going to have rest. And we discovered this from the book of Hebrews, it is only those which believe that will enter into rest. We understand that the children of Israel were kept out of the promised land because of their unbelief. So you and I have the privilege, we have the right to enter into rest, which means our rights and privileges in Christ Jesus, what belongs to us, if you will, it would be our wealthy place in Christ Jesus. So we enter in by faith. But we also discovered that just as sure as we enter into rest, we can exit out of rest. And I got three C's in my heart this morning on how that we can stay in rest. Number one, we get in rest by faith. And then, how many of you know we need to cast our cares over on the Lord? We're not designed to live a worry-free, a worry-filled, anxiety-filled life. We are designed to live a care-free, faith-filled life. So, one thing we need to do then is we need to make sure that we cast our cares over on the Lord regularly. And then, number two, the second C is cast not away our confidence. Amen so in other words whatever we're standing on and we're believing for we're carefree and we're not going to cast our faith away but then as you well know the counterattack comes to keep us out of rest and what do we do then when the enemy comes in to steal to kill and destroy and brings his images of defeat we are the third c we are to cast down cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And we bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. Amen. It's very easy. Carefree, cast not, and cast down. Amen. Amen. Now here are some things that Jesus said about rest. We look over at Matthew, the 11th chapter, and we notice in verse 28 through verse 30. Matthew chapter 11. I know you've already got it because it's on the screen. But notice with me, he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will make it worse. (laughs) Notice it says, to get rest and to tap into rest, he is the key. The key is coming to him. So it says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I like to call this the grace exchange. You come to him and he gives you. You bring your filthy rags of righteousness and he gives you robes of righteousness. You come to him sick and he touches you and makes you whole. So he said to the weary, to the heavy laden, he says, Come unto me, and I will give you rest. All you that labor. Now the word labor there literally means those that have grown weary, tired, or those that are exhausted with toil or with burdens of grief. To labor means this to be to, to, to function in a wearisome effort, it also means to toil. So Jesus said, we want you to come to me and to lay down those things at my feet and I am going to give you something maybe you have never experienced before. I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to give you rest. And I looked up the definition for rest <clears throat> And it simply means this to cause or permit to cease from any movement or labor in order to recover and to collect your strength. I like that. And so Jesus is calling us to cease from the labors of the flesh and to cease from those things that make us weary. Those things that cause us to burn out. And he said, I will cause you to enter into a great place of rest. That sounds good. Is there anybody here this morning that could use some rest? Well, I think if we're honest about it, we can all use the rest that Jesus gives. You can go on a vacation... And you can rest your body or you can go on vacation and not get any rest at all. That's not the kind of rest Jesus is talking about. He's talking about a rest that's on the inside that shows up on the outside. And friends, if you can rest on the inside, you sure enough can rest on the outside. We serve an inside-out God, not an outside-in God. Rest starts on the inside of you. So make sure then that you're entering into the rest of God by continuously coming to Him. And coming to Him not just when you have a need. But coming to Him on a daily basis. Coming to Him regularly and consistently. Otherwise, we'll be spinning. Did You know that some people do not have a stop button. He says, I'm going to give you rest. I'll cause you to stop. I'll cause you to cease from movement." Somebody says, do you mean I don't have to work? No, no, no. If you don't work, you don't eat. Work is a good thing. But while you're working, you should be resting in him. I thought I'd get a better amen than that. It's good to work, but it's also good to rest and recover and refresh. Remember what Jesus said over in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25. He said to us, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. That word thought there means anxious thought. What you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment notice in verse 26 he said behold the fowls of the air in other words look at the birds for they don't sow neither do they reap nor gather into barns yet your heavenly father feeds them are you not much better than a bird yes you are in case you didn't know verse 27 Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? Verse 28. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. It tells us how they don't grow. It tells us that they toil not Neither do they spin. The word toil there is the same word for labor in Matthew chapter 11. It means to grow weary. It means to be burdened down with grief. You'll never see a lily in the field, bummed out, trying to make something happen. What they don't do is the key to their growth. And I don't think that that book would sell very well on Amazon. If I offered a book called What Not to Do to Grow Your Business or What Not to Do to Increase Your Financial Life, that book would not sell very well now, would it? But how many of you know there is wisdom In doing only what's in your heart to do. Otherwise, it's so easy to get on a a treadmill of trivial pursuits. Wasting time and wasting energy. You know, it's very common for people to get up in the morning and just start spinning. Just start toiling. Got to go over here and do this. Get the kids up. Got to go over here and get the lunch on the table. Get breakfast on the table. We're toiling. We're spinning all day long. Just toiling and toiling and spinning. Without a stop button. How many of you know trying to make something happen in the flesh does not work? Spinning day in, day out, laboring day in, day out, causes many of God's people to burn out. But Jesus said, come to me and I will cause you to recover. I will cause you to collect your strength. I will refresh you. In the Amplified Version, it says this, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I'm going to give you rest. And I love this. He said, I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Do our souls need to be refreshed? Our souls are made up of our mind, our will, and emotions. And I think just as we have a dashboard on our automobile to tell us how we're doing with how much gas we have, how much tire pressure we have, how much battery life is left, I think it would be a good idea to have a gauge on our soul. And I think one of the things that would reveal to us, whether we're in rest or not, is asking this question, how is our soul doing? How is my patience level? Just like you have to check your tire pressure, sometimes we need to check our patience level. Here's another one How's our joy level? Huh? How's our joy level? Do we only smile when we have to when we come to church? Or are we happy on Monday morning? Are we full of joy on Tuesday night? What kind of levels do we need to check? Our joy level? Our patience level? How about our strength level? Just ask your soul sometime, how are you doing? How is life working for you? If your life is made up of just a bunch of worrisome activities... If all you're doing is feeding on the bad news, the bad news will exhaust you. Let me tell you something. There is no refreshing available in the bad news. The only refreshing we will ever get is in the good news. And the good news is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. As you receive with meekness the engrafted word, it's not only able to save you in your spirit, but it's also able to save your soul from turbulence and from the storms of life that come our way. You see, we are called to be refreshed. And then as we are refreshed, we can go be a refreshing to others. But... If I'm feeding on the wrong things all week long, if I'm feeding on the bad news all week long, I'm going to become exhausted. And when I'm exhausted and I get around you and I open my mouth up, you want to move away because you get exhausted just listening to how bummed out I've been. I know I'm preaching good right now. We need to monitor what we're feeding on. Because what we're feeding on is going to come out of our mouth in abundance. You see, Onesiphorus refreshed the Apostle Paul often. He refreshed him when he was in prison, when he was in chains. He was not ashamed of the Apostle Paul. So he got right where the Apostle Paul was and he brought refreshing to Paul. You cannot refresh other people unless you've drank at the fountain of refreshing. Oh, glory to God. I didn't intend to go that way, but this is a good way to go. Be refreshed. Be refreshing. Be blessed. Be a blessing. Be healed and bring healing. Be blessed and increase in the area of finances and go out and be generous to other people that have needs. Oh, hallelujah. So Jesus said, I want you to come to me when you're laboring and heavy laden and i'm going to give you rest notice what the amplified version says he said i will cause i will ease and leave and i will refresh your souls (laughs) Woo, man i like a fresh soul how about you now notice with me in the next verse verse 29 ready read please verse 29 matthew chapter 11 amplified he said take my yoke upon you and learn of me for i am gentle weak and humble and lowly in heart and you will find rest i like this relief and ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quietness for your soul hallelujah read that with me relief Relief and and ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet for what? Do our souls need some quiet time? He said, be still and know that I am your God. Enter into my rest. Feed on my faithfulness. Taste and see that I am good and I will bless you and bring refreshment into your life. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Woo! Glory, 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 glory. Amen. So I've decided I'm going to take him up at his offer. I mean, every day. Now, I want to focus in on that word refresh. We all need to be refreshed. If you're alive... You need a refreshing. We all crave refreshing. Do we not? We all like fresh things. I mean, if I have the choice between week old broccoli and just pick from the garden, I'm going to take just pick from the garden. If I have the choice between an apple that's been in the fridge for a month and an apple that I can get at Trader Joe's or Sprouts, I'm going there. Right? We like fresh things. I don't like coffee that's been on the burner for an hour. I like coffee that is fresh. We pick fresh over old every time. In some restaurants I've been in, they'll have a sign that says, Fresh from the farm in four hours or less. They're talking about the veggies, not the meal. (laughs) We like fresh things. (laughs) How many of you know our marriages must be fresh? Our marriages must be kept alive. Are you saying get fresh with your wife? Well, I mean, why not? You're married. Amen. Our fellowship with God must be fresh, not old. And not habitual, just kind of gone through the motions, but every time we come into his presence, we can get a fresh word. We can get fresh power. How about this? A fresh anointing a fresh anointing removes the burdens and destroys the yokes fresh joy fresh peace fresh strength in his presence i love this in the psalm 92 verse 10 in the passion translation it says your anointing has made me strong and mighty you've empowered my life for triumph in pouring fresh oil over me Oh, there's nothing like fresh oil. Glory to God. I love the old song. Lord, anoint us with fresh oil. The anointing upon us renew. That we may cease to be weary. And go forth with our strength renewed. There's a miracle that takes place in this grace exchange. When you wait upon the Lord in His presence, you will exchange your strength for His strength. You will exchange your ability for His ability. There is a grace exchange that takes place. You will exchange your natural wisdom, what you think is right, oh, thank God, for supernatural wisdom. Do we need supernatural wisdom for the day in which we live? Do we need to be led by the Spirit of God every day, everywhere we go? Yes. One of the main reasons why we do is because there's crazy people out there. I mean, we were coming to church one Sunday night and we just got off of Jackson Street and we hadn't left on Hesperian. We come in from where we live, Union City area. And we were going to go left and the light was green and I didn't just gun it. You know what I mean by gun it? I, didn't, I wasn't in a hurry. I just kind of proceeded very slowly. But as I did, someone went through a red light at about 80 miles an hour. Had I just gone a little bit faster, I wouldn't be here today. Brenda wouldn't be here today. All of us have stories like that. And our victory is not by accident. We don't get into accidents, amen, because we proclaim the 91st Psalm. We don't get involved in the evils that are all around us because the angels are encamped around about us. But my point is this, it's so vital to be led by the Spirit of God every day and slow down. That didn't go over very big. Slow down. Your role, bro. <laughs> Slow down. There's a miracle of refreshing for you and I. But listen to this very carefully. But we need to learn where to look for it. The world looks everywhere except where it's found. Refreshing is not found in a bottle. It's not found in pornography. It is not found in a joint. Yeah, but they legalize it. I know they legalized it. And I'm just not going to go there. But I'll tell you one thing. If you're looking to a joint for your peace and your tranquility and your freedom from pain you're going to come up short every time because that joint only lasts so long oh but his mercy and love endures forever hallelujah (laughs) hallelujah And so he invites us into his presence. His presence is where his rest is found. I saw something over in Exodus chapter 33. I want to share it with you real quickly this morning. Look over at Exodus chapter 33. This is when God called Moses to lead the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. And in verse 11, it says, The Lord spoke unto Moses face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nan, a young man, departed not out of his tabernacle. He was a presence seeker. And Moses said to the Lord, See thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people. And thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. Read verse 14 with me. And he said, my presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Whatever his presence is on there is also rest now notice with me in verse 15 notice moses there's a response and this should be our response in verse 15 read it with me and he said unto him if thy presence go not with me carry us not up hence in other words if you're not going That's right. If you're not gone, just flat count me out. I got this in my heart this morning as I was praying. And I believe the Spirit of the Lord brought this to me, so I want to deliver it to you. And that is this. Doing things apart from His leading is a departure from His presence. Can I say that again? Doing things apart from his leading is a departure from his presence. And then, furthermore, doing things apart from him is a departure from his presence. Remember Jesus said, without him you can do nothing. And that's why it's so important for us to abide in him, to live in him, to spend the time with him that it takes to be sure footed about the things that are out in front of us. Notice with me in John 15, in verse 4 and 5, he said, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. Verse 5. I am the vine. Read it with me. You are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So we go back to the illustration of the lily of the field, which means if there's no presence on these things, what will happen is it will equal us toiling and spinning and wasting our time doing things apart from him is not only a waste of your time, but it also can be a waste of other people's time. But not only that, doing things without his leading can cost you a boatload of money. And when there's a boatload of money spent apart from his presence on it, it is a great waste. Oh, but there's a path for the righteous. I said there's a path for the righteous. There's a way, praise God, we sang about it. He is the way for us to enter into the holiest of holies and enter in and get the direction that we need. There is a path, the Bible says, that shines brighter and brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. How many of you want to get on that path? How many of you want to stay on that path? His path is bright. His path is good. It's not always easy. We're going to face some red seas, are we not? How many of you have faced a few red seas in your life? How many of you have faced 2008, 9-11, the pandemic? Yeah, there's some red seas that we've crossed. But I'll thank God when he's attending your way, you're going to make it to the other side. You're going to go into your land of promise. You're going to go into your wealthy place, praise God. Because the hand of the Lord is upon you for good. And when the hand of the Lord is upon you, The hand of the Lord is against your enemies. I'm going to say it again. When the hand of the Lord is upon you, the hand of the Lord is against your enemies. Has he not said in his word that if you will sell out to me, I will become an enemy to your enemies. And when he's an enemy to your enemies, watch out, your life is getting better, it's getting gooder, it's getting brighter. Hallelujah. The hand of the Lord, Tony, is upon you. The hand of the Lord is upon you, Brian and Linda, for good in the name of Jesus. The hand of the Lord. The anointing is increasing. The hand of the Lord is upon you in the name of Jesus. Woo! Glory to God. Shout with me: The hand of the Lord. It's upon me. The children of Israel made it across the Red Sea because the hand of the Lord was upon them. Because His presence went with them. No wonder Moses said, "If Your presence isn't there, I'm not going." Just make a fresh commitment. Place your hand over your heart and say, Oh, Lord God, God. I want your will. will. Thy will. Nothing but thy will. Thy Thy perfect will. Be done in my life. life. And in my family. In the name of Jesus. Make sure... That my presence is upon everything that you do. Check up on the inside, for I have given you the Spirit of truth who will show you what you need to be shown, who will reveal to you those things that need to be revealed to you. Make it a practice. This is coming from the Holy Ghost. Make it a practice to check up on the inside for seemingly those little things in life. Those little things. Those small decisions. Practice my presence concerning those areas, saith the Lord. And as you practice them, you shall be able to grow. And so you shall be able to make bigger And better and Holy Ghost decisions all your life. Hallelujah. Are you getting what the Holy Ghost is saying? Practice His presence. Check up on the inside. Don't leave your position that God has you in, and don't leave your place unless you are sure that you're supposed to leave. Yeah, but things just haven't worked out the way I thought. Well, how many of you know we don't have to live by what we think? We can live by the Spirit of the living God guiding us and leading us. Many people leave their post too soon. And in leaving their post too soon, they pay the price. And the price is way too expensive. That's what the Lord is saying. For there is a cost. There is a cost. That shall be. Ha. Ah, glory to God. Lord speaking to people right now. Mm-hmm. Glory to God. Years ago, I got Upset about a certain situation that was taking place, not in the church, but among ministers. And uh, it was disquieting to my soul. And uh, I've always been a minister who believes in unity. Though I may not always agree with someone along a certain line, I'm not going to sever a divine connection. Come on now. There are divine connections that God sets up for all of us. I'm not going to sever those divine connections just because I'm upset. I got to deal first with me. I got to deal with the upset. In some cases, we've got to deal with the offense. But there have been many people that have left their place just because they're upset and just because they're offended. That is not the right seed to plant for a bright future. Smile, everybody. Yeah. This will be over with in a while. It's good. It's good. It's good. This, this, this can refer to jobs. Yeah. This can refer to leaving churches. Yeah. But years ago, I was, I was so tempted to, just to sever a relationship. I mean a supernatural relationship. A divine connection. And my good friend, Tony Cook, who's going to be here this week, He's one of our board members. He's one of our, my closest friends on planet Earth. And Tony said something to me that I thought was so wise. He said, you may not want to burn that bridge. Because you may have to, you may need that bridge in the future. You may not want to burn bridges of relationships. You may want to think about things and just settle down in your own soul first. What I'm getting at is this. Don't make big decisions when his presence is not in you and upon you and cultivated. It's dangerous. Okay, I'm going to do a Mario Murillo. Good preaching, Mario. Mario. Mario used to take his tie when he'd preach and he'd put his tie over. I love that, brother. Everyone shout amen. Amen. But here's what I get. But oh, (laughs) when you're on the right path, it gets brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. And you're going to make it through. Just point to yourself and say, I'm going to, I'm going to make it through. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to make it through. Lift your hands in the air and say, we're going to, we're going to make it through. You know, when the pandemic hit, I was walking around the house going da da da, da 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 and my song was Costa Rica, La Costa Rica. I'm getting out of here. La Costa Rica, La Costa Rica. And so I'd sing that for a joke. It's kind of like, "Can we just leave?" And the holy ghost says, "No." You cannot leave. You must go where you're sent and stay where you're stationed. Because where you're stationed has a divine appointment with an outpouring of the glory of God where you're stationed, where you're at in the perfect will of God has a supernatural divine appointment with harvest amen. and that's not just talking about Brendan, and I and this staff and this church that's talking about you and your life yes, amen. there's divine appointments for you amen. there's divine appointments of the favor of God yes. hmm. amen. y'all still good? I didn't get this till 10 till. But I promise you, I'm not going to preach beyond where I should go. And somebody said, Amen, brother. (laughs) Amen. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. Look at Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Acts, the third chapter, the 19th verse says this. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Have you ever needed to repent? Don't raise your hand. So repent if you need to. It's part of your salvation package. Somebody says, yeah, I'm born again, but I know a lot of born again people that need to repent. And that's all I'm going to say about that. The word repent means to turn around. If you're heading in the wrong direction, turn around. So where do I get this refreshing? If I need a refreshing, point me in the right direction. It's in the presence of the Lord. This is where we find it. And I said earlier, the world looks everywhere, but in the right place for refreshing. And I know this to be true, even in my own life. How many have ever traveled and gotten tired? Or worked a 60 hour week and just got flat tired. So here's what happens a lot of times. Instead of checking in to the secret place, we check out. What do you mean, check out? Well, we turn the television on for four or five hours. I need a break. How many of you know it's not time to check out, it's time to check in? (laughs) Ever been on vacation somewhere and you said, I never want to check out. I mean, this is good. I want to stay right here. Well, we've got a place we never have to check out of. Say it with me. It's in the secret place. Notice the Amplified Version says, So repent, change your mind and purpose, turn around and return to God, that your sins may be erased, blotted out, wiped clean, that times of refreshing and recovering from the effects of heat, of reviving with fresh air, may come from the presence of the Lord. This word here, times of refreshing, Is literally seasons of refreshing. I stole some of Brenda's notes last night in the middle of the night. She has two iPads, so I stole the one she wasn't using. And I looked her notes up on refresh. And she discovered that in Noah's Webster's dictionary, the word refresh means to revive, to renew, to restore, and to recharge. So these seasons, these times of refreshing, bring times of revival. They bring times of renewal, times of restoration, and times of recharging. Sometimes you look on your phone and there's one bar left. And you're on an important call, so you start talking real fast. Because you know... It's going to run out. So you're looking for the charging station. Right? Well, our batteries can go low spiritually. And it's important for us to recharge and to stay charged up. This comes from times of refreshing. Notice with me quickly, recovery from the effects of heat. Can heat have an effect on you? Can fiery trials wear you down and wear you out? Effects of heat, recovery, a reviving with fresh air. Now we know that the Golden State Warriors won the NBA championship for the fourth time in so many years. But Draymond Green and Steph Curry cannot go on and on and on and on without a breather. So what the coach does is he gives them a break because he knows that they cannot perform at their highest levels of their ability without it. So he sits them down so they can be refreshed and recover from the effects of heat. Sometimes you'll see a player that'll say, give me a minute, give me a minute. That means take me out. I need a breather. Well, folks, When we come to Him and we take in the Word and we take in of the Spirit and we breathe in deeply and drink of the Spirit of God, He will refresh you, He will restore you, and He will cause you to recover from the effects of heat. And that's my simple message for you today. I trust you got something out of it. Everyone stand. Glory to God.